Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded July 6th, 2022. I'm Michael Tran, Managing Director and Global Energy Strategist at RBC Capital Markets, filling in for Lori Calvacina. Now, before getting started, I'll remind our audience to please listen through to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Now, over the next 10 minutes, I'll cover three key oil market themes to watch. The first is a disconnect between the bullish physical and the bearish financial oil markets. The second is the recessionary risk to the market and what the oil term structure is telling us. And finally, the third theme focuses on demand destruction, the health of the consumer, and the strong dollar impact for global end users. So let's get started. First, we've been mega bulls on oil for the past 18 months, and recession or not, we believe that the oil complex just simply remains in a structural multi-year tightening cycle that will send prices as far and as high as the economy can bear. So where does this leave us now? Clearly, the market is stuck in the push-pull between the current deteriorating macro backdrop and the looming threat of a recession, which is effectively being pitted against the strongest fundamental oil market setup in decades, or maybe even ever. Now, to kick off, what we're seeing currently is an incredibly strong physical oil market. If you follow our work, you'll know that we focus a lot on the global marginal barrel in the market. We call these the Atlantic Basin barrels. These are your North Sea and West African barrels, and many of them are pricing either at or near the highest physical differentials we've seen on record. The physical strength has been clearly validated with Saudi official selling prices, or OSPs, recently set at near record physical premiums for their customers for August delivery. Throw in there the potential added tightness of a suspension of oil flows through the CPC system, and that leads us to believe that the physical oil market will remain tight over the near term. Now, this tight physical market is being contrasted with the financial paper market, which is seeing benchmark oil prices plunge by more than 20% over the course of the past four weeks. So in short, what we're seeing is supply tightness coupled with seemingly unwavering strong physical demand for crude currently, which is a diametrically opposed picture that is being painted in the plunging paper or financial oil market. Now, what does this boil down to? We believe that the physical market is pricing in scarcity, while the financial market is pricing in a recession. Look, physical weakness has to come before a recession, which means that until we see signs of physical weakness in the physical oil market, we will remain bullish oil. Now, the second point here is what's fascinating is that despite the retracement in spot oil prices, term structure remains relatively intact. This means that the term portion of the forward curve is also retracing significantly lower, and probably too aggressively. Now, for example, the 2024 calendar Brent strip, which is historically less volatile than front spot prices, is down over 13% from the peak last month. We're talking about a relatively illiquid portion of the forward curve. So a 13% move is a massive, massive move. So unless the recession is deep and protracted, 
We think that the dated calendar strips are largely undervalued right now. I will say that while we're constructive on the crude market, near-term recessionary risks must, must be respected. Now, we published new scenarios for pricing last week. And in a recessionary scenario in which demand is impacted at a similar rate as previous downturns, we could see a scenario in which spot prices retreat into the mid $70 a barrel price range in the back half of this year. Now, to be clear, we only place a 15% probability on such an outcome, but we've all been doing this way too long to know that oil prices can of course be very swift, can of course be very volatile, and of course can be very unforgiving in both directions. What I'll say about our discussions with commodity clients is that the bullish conviction is high and remains intact, but sentiment is quite soft at the moment. When I ask them, when do you think you'll step in, buy the dip, and defend prices? The answer typically is, well, I'll do that once the non-specialist macro funds finish liquidating their length. And we saw a lot of this macro length pile into the oil trade over recent months with the goal of being an inflation hedge. And now given that the fear has turned from inflation to a global recession, those macro funds are done renting the trade and are now spinning out the risk. And lastly, the third point on demand destruction. So look, we've spent the first half of this year writing nonstop on demand destruction. So I'll encourage you to check out any of our recent publications. But if we kick off thinking about record gasoline or near record gasoline prices, look, we all as a market, as a society, complain about high gasoline prices. The media loves to talk about demand destruction. And why not? I mean, gasoline, diesel prices are at or near record levels in the US and across many other places on the planet. But here's what they don't tell you. Historically speaking, we rarely see large and material amounts of true demand destruction. So how often does demand destruction actually happen? Well, we looked at the past three decades of U.S. gasoline demand data leading into the pandemic. We found 39 individual months in which U.S. retail gasoline prices increased by 30% or more on a year-over-year -year basis. Now, of those instances, We've seen gasoline demand retrace by 2% or more on only 12 of those occasions. And five of those instances took place during the 2008 Great Financial Crisis. Now, why am I highlighting this? Because meaningful demand destruction events have historically been very rare, even in significant rising price environments, absent a recession. Now, everyone uses 2008 as a historical comp for demand destruction. And this is because the last time that we actually saw record pricing was in 2008. And this was, of course, the last time that we saw a true amount of uh, gasoline demand destruction. But we need to stop looking at 2008 as a comp because it's a poor comparable. And here's why. So we looked at 60 years of U.S. household savings rates. What we found was that the 12 months leading into the all-time peak for oil prices in 2008 coincided with the lowest point in U.S. household savings rates over the past six decades. And savings rates averaged 3.5% in 2008 
in that 18 month leading up to the peak in oil prices in 08. This is less than half of the historical average of household savings rates of 8.3%. So in short, the last time gasoline prices hit record levels was during a period when the US consumer was the most financially vulnerable to energy price shocks over the past 60 years. Now, perhaps the most important point I'll make is on fuel as a share of wallet or gasoline expenditure as a percentage of total personal consumption expenditure or PCE. Now we currently model this number to be about three and a half percent. This compares to the 3.6%, which is the 30 year historical average for gasoline expenditure as a percentage of PCE. Let's take a minute to really think about that comment. We have record pump prices, but current consumer expenditure for gasoline as a percentage of total spend remains below historical averages. This means that there's discretionary spending that could be pared back before core items like gasoline are really truly impacted. Another way to look at demand destruction is that in 2008, gasoline expenditure as a share of PCE was 4.5%. Now, our regression-based modeling implies that in order to reach those levels, Average retail U.S. gasoline prices need to rise to $6.60 a gallon, or effectively 35 to 40% higher from current levels. These are simply some of the reasons why gasoline prices have been unrelentingly strong, but we're not seeing material amounts of demand destruction, at least yet. Now, the one point we need to watch on a global level is the strength of the U.S. dollar. The strong dollar means that oil priced in local currencies are still punching in either at or near all-time record highs for many regions across the globe, which is clearly a burden for many global consumers outside of the U.S. As long as the dollar continues to stay strong, this will remain a headwind for buyers of crude denominated in U.S. dollars. In closing, I'll remind listeners that next week is an important week from a data release perspective. Of course, we will all be watching the EIA product supply demand data for gasoline to give us insight on just how robust or not the 4th of July driving weekend was. And also we should be getting Chinese import and Chinese refinery run data any day now. And both of those data points are important releases that could alter the sentiment through the balance of the summer. That's all for this edition of Markets in Motion. I'm Michael Tran, guest hosting for Lori Calvacina. Thank you so much for listening. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.